Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. It's the first morning since a stretch of the I-10 freeway near downtown Los Angeles reopened. The freeway was damaged by a fire and had been completely shut down in both directions for just over a week. Joining us near the damaged portion of the 10 freeway with the latest is my California Report colleague, Saul Gonzalez. Hey, Saul. Hey, Madi. So what does traffic look like right now? Well, I don't know if you can hear it, but it's it's a quintessential L.A. sound right now, which is freeway traffic flowing freely. Uh, the freeway is, is completely up and running in uh, both east and west. Uh, it actually opened even earlier this morning. It opened last night. And freeway traffic seems to be flowing pretty smoothly right now, although there probably will be congestion later on in the morning. Let's just underscore the the, the importance of this freeway. It carries about 300,000 vehicles a day, and it's really, really critical to east-west traffic for a lot of Los Angeles. And right after the fire broke out, it was feared it might take months to repair the freeway. Then last week, Governor Newsom announced it would take three to five weeks to repair. Then its reopening for today was announced yesterday in a press conference. And as you mentioned, it actually ended up reopening yesterday. How did this get done so quickly? Well, two big reasons, Madi. Number one, the damage to the freeway was not as bad as originally feared. Several freeway support columns were scorched, but not the freeway road itself. So that did not have to be taken down. And officials are also crediting around-the-clock work involving some 250 workers to get the 10 freeway up and running again. Here's Governor Gavin Newsom speaking about that at a press conference yesterday. This was a union job, and they came in weeks and weeks ahead of schedule. And so you can be assured of one thing, safety first, quality, foundational in this effort. It wasn't just speed that we were after. We wanted to make sure this thing was safe. Now, Governor Newsom said that although the freeway is safe to drive, there's still a lot more repair work to do. So there will probably be some additional freeway closures in the coming weeks and maybe even months. And how have L.A. residents handled the closure? 
Well, Marty, you know, it's certainly caused a lot of commuting headaches uh, for a lot of Angelinos in the past week, but it really wasn't the kind of congestion apocalypse some people expected. I think people heeded a lot of warnings to, if at all possible, work from home, don't come into the office or into the workplace. And a lot of people turned to mass transit and Metro, the regional mass transit agency, said it saw a really healthy spike in ridership over the last few days. And what about the investigation into the cause of the fire? Well, investigators believe the fire was caused by an arsonist who set the blaze uh, that spread to wooden pallets and really mass amounts of sanitizer that were being stored in a facility under the 10 freeway. Over the weekend, authorities uh, released a grainy photo of an individual they're describing as a person of interest in the fire investigation. He's a six foot tall man between the ages of 30 and 35, but there's no more information about a suspect or a motive at this moment. That was the California Report, Saul Gonzalez, reporting near the 10 Freeway in L.A. Thank you so much, Saul. Thank you, Madi. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfatah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. And in other California news, the state Democratic Party convention this weekend in Sacramento was derailed by protesters demanding a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war in Gaza. As KQED's politics correspondent Guy Maserati explains, the demonstrations reveal a rift in the party in the lead up to 2024. Protests began on Saturday as Democratic candidates for U.S. Senate made their pitch to delegates, drowning out Congress members Adam Schiff and Katie Porter. I respect your opinions and I have heard you. I would ask you to allow me to please finish my remarks. The protest exposed a riff in the state's U.S. Senate race between Schiff and Porter, who both oppose a ceasefire, and Congresswoman Barbara Lee, who supports it. And yes... I'm calling for a ceasefire now. Protester Seema Badar says Democrats should ignore the ceasefire calls at their own electoral peril. It's important for them to hear that these are the people that are going to be electing them and that this is what we want. The people want a ceasefire now. The demonstration swelled throughout the day. Protesters surged into the convention center and party officials eventually shut down the convention. Leaders of the state legislative Jewish caucus denounced the demonstrations, saying in a statement that a number of Jewish delegates felt unsafe and adding, quote, we must never allow the Democratic Party to be unsafe for anyone. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati in Sacramento. 
Thousands of pediatric RSV shots are being shipped nationwide, including here in California. As LAS senior health reporter Jackie Fortier found, some say it's too little, too late. The CDC announced 77,000 doses of the shot will be dispersed immediately as RSV cases climb. Orange County pediatrician Eric Ball says it's not enough. There's about 10,000 babies born each day. So even releasing 77,000 new doses is only about enough for a week's worth of babies. And we have an entire winter's worth of RSV season to worry about. The shot provides protection against the respiratory virus for about five months, long enough to get vulnerable babies through their first RSV exposure. But commercial insurance plans don't have to cover it until next fall. Right now, some parents have to pay $500 for the shot out of pocket or skip it and hope their baby isn't hospitalized. RSV is the leading reason babies under a year old end up in the hospital. An estimated 100 to 300 infants die from it in the U.S. every year. For The California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. And that's The California Report for Monday, November 20th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for The California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water with no sugar or diet sweeteners with more than 25 flavors, including watermelon and pineapple. In stores or delivered from HintWater.com. Stanford Medicine comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives, stanfordmedicine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery, on the web at schmidtocean.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 